Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. For everyone listening, you're about to hear a clarity call that John did with and we've blacked out her name for total privacy. So we wanted the conversation with you and John to be as candid as possible because we want to know what a clarity call is like. And I don't even know. So when I listen to this, <laughs> I'll actually, I know the concepts and I know what he does, but uh, it'll be cool for me to listen myself. So walking in, what was your main pain points? Uh, I just needed the confidence to actually purchase the property. Sweet. And do you think you've moved further to getting the confidence after the hour that you've just spent with John? Yep, definitely. Really? Yep. And what would you say to anyone considering a clarity call with John? Do it. Really? Yeah. Even if it costs $330? Yeah, it'll be worth it. Really? Okay, cool. Put into your spending plan. Yeah. (laughs) And and get on with life. Is that the motto? (laughs) That's it. Factor it in and get on with your life. That's it. So, thanks so much for letting us have a look under the hood of a clarity call. That's basically, that's basically what we've no done. Yeah, if you are interested in having a clarity call after you hear this one, jump on sortyourmoneyout.com forward slash get help. Click it and we'll put you in touch with John. And I mean, we're in Melbourne sometimes when John's in town, you might be able to have a clarity coffee. Did we? Did John offer you a coffee? Um, no. That's uh, fine. <laughs> Got offered water. That's good. good so, thank you so much and <laughs> let's have a listen. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you for uh, joining us. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Clarity Call, you filled out the pre-information form, so thank you. Tell me in one line, what is it that you want to get out of the session first and foremost? I want to feel okay with purchasing a property because it stresses yep. me out big time. Sure. Yeah. So you've mentioned in the in the roadblocks that a property could be the home to live in. It could be an investment property. There's a few different locations that you've thought of. So there's a whole gamut of options mm-hmm. available to you, right? Now, I want to get to the bottom of that in this session, but what stresses you out? What If you could list three things, what would they be? Spending all my, all my savings that I've worked so hard for. That's yes. number one for sure. Sure. How long has it taken you to save your funds? I've been a saver since I started work at 15. Okay. My first purchase was my car when I was 18. Right. So I would have started from scratch then. From 18 on? So from, yeah, from then, that's how I've gotten where I am now. But and I've also purchased another car, which pushed years? me backwards. <laughs> 10 years. So 10 years you've been saving for that yeah. house deposit. Yeah. And, and currently that sits at... Mm-hmm. Cool. And you're still paying the car off? Correct. Yep. And your partner has... Mm-hmm. Now, are we taking into account his savings to go and purchase something or is that put to the side? Uh, no, to purchase something, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So collectively you've got... Yeah. All right. 
Okay, so the first stress is spending all my hard-earned savings. Yeah. yeah. Next one. I guess if it's the right house, I'm very um, <laughs> over analytical and I like to be a perfectionist with my decisions. So. Okay, so you want something just short of perfect. Yeah. yeah. Probably more so that location is stressing me out more than the uh, actual property. Okay, so the stress is a location, not too fussed about what it looks like, although if you're living in it, you want it to be decent yeah. enough. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, when you mention location, you're talking Melbourne or Adelaide just simply because living in there at the moment or soon to move over here to Melbourne with you. Is it those two options and why does the location stress you? I think first purchased, I would prefer if it's in Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Adelaide yeah. could be booming, so that's why I thought you might have some insight on that Okay. if it's cool. worthwhile. So your heart says Melbourne? Yeah. Some of your logic might say Adelaide because of the property markets at the present. Correct, yep. Right. Okay, cool. I can see why the stress there. What's your third stress around it all? Gosh, I feel like there's too many to even list three. Is that? Um, How long have you been going through this exercise of stress and indecision? Oh, forever. Like yeah, that, that episode of it that you guys did about analysis paralysis, like that's me. That's so it's you, he. Is it? Okay. Yeah. When did you decide, okay, I've got enough savings now to go and buy something? Like that must I, have... I haven't reached that point yet. Like I, I still feel like I'm not at that point. Like right. probably I am and a while ago I probably was, yeah. but okay. I just never feel ready enough to actually do it. Sure. And have you got some clarity around what you can lend and anything like that? Have you spoken to a mortgage broker? Not yet. Okay. No. There might be one here you can chat with today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because what that'll do is put some ceiling around or some benchmarks as to what you can and can't do. And I think then yeah. you can start to to shortlist some things. Because mm. we've got in savings, but we we know that we need to keep buffers in our life and we need surplus funds there somewhere. So we can't use all unless you've got surplus funds elsewhere, have you? No? no. Yeah, okay. So let's call it we're up our sleeve, for example. I don't know what your cost to exist is, but we yeah. want three months worth of savings um, up our sleeve or three months worth of spending, sorry. So if we call that grand, we're left with to go and spend on property. Now, if you went in at a 90% lend, 10% deposit, mm. that's probably about a 5K purchase. Okay, 10% deposit grand plus stamp duty legals put you up closer now if you got first homeowner you might be exempt from stamp duty and not pay that so that means you need to put a lot less in which may mean you need could potentially purchase at a higher amount yeah okay so have you had any thoughts around what your spending would be like is it 400 is it 500 is it 600,000 as a purchase no in my mind just as a safety thing i'd like it to be the lowest possible so I'm not stressed about repayments sure. for the okay. next 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. So if I said to you 400 or 700, yeah. even if the banks allowed you, you would go closer to 400. For sure, yeah. Sure. Okay. So there's a little bit of a risk or inversion to risk in that. Would that be fair to say? Mm-hmm. So if I said, well, on the scale of 110, 1 is low risk, 10 is high risk, where do you sit on the scale? With purchasing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like a five. A five? 
Like, yeah. I, know, I know it's okay, everyone does it, but okay. <laughs> it's just yeah. that worry still. Yeah, so if you're a five, that's quite higher than I would have thought. So you've got some knowledge around it and some confidence. Yeah. It's just bridging the gaps to, to get you over a pass mark. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. If I said to you or the broker said, okay, you can purchase up 1000 your deposit's ready to go, we can get you a pre-approval, you're ready to go now. In your mind, where would you be buying and why? Melbourne? Do you mean where specifically yeah, Melbourne? Yeah, everything. Just... Give, me, give me the crux of it. That's tough because I'd search real estate and anything I think I could afford is an apartment and I don't want an apartment, so that's where I'm at at the moment. Yeah. But I think that's the reality. Yeah. So is this home your next 10-year home? I've always thought it would be but I'm open to it not being the logical decision. Because you mentioned in here that you want two to three kids in the next 10 years plus. Yeah. Yeah. But in the next five years, you want to want to get married and have at least one kid and buy a house, which I'm, which I'm presuming is this one we're talking about here now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. one house in the next five years, two to three kids in the next 10 plus years, and maybe another property. Is yeah. what you're telling me. Yeah. Yeah? Happy with that? Yep. More importantly, not be stressed and, and financially unstable is is coming through to me. Is that yeah. fair? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you're talking about kids schooling and, and you've put quite a lot of thought into this. You've you've looked way out in the into the distance, which is perfect, because I would have asked you those questions anyway. Okay. Yep. To know what you want long term to then bring it back to what this next purchase is going to look like. So you've got a few variables here that we want to try and straighten up. Is it Melbourne? Is it Adelaide? Is it other parts of the country as an investment? Is it a house? Is it a unit based on affordability? And is it a home to live in or is it an investment property? So in your mind, you're saying Melbourne... I can only afford a unit and it's going to be a house I live in. Is that right? If I don't go out in the sticks yes. to live. Okay. Yeah. So how do we then know what you can buy if we don't know how much we can lend? Good question. <laughs> so I think you're at a five in your risk profile because there's too many variables still. Mm. Right. If Sean, for example, from Wellman Finance come in here and said, right, you can borrow 400000 you've got a 10% or 20% deposit, you can purchase up to k no more. Straight away, that limits you from a lot of property in Melbourne, doesn't it? Yeah. You're now down to a one or two bedroom unit or a house 30Ks out. Yeah. Yeah. Combining that with, well, why are we buying it? Is it to create wealth or is it to create security for us to live in in the next 10 years when we have our kids? Security. Security over wealth. Yeah. Yeah? Because the answer to that question really defines the answer in a lot of ways. Because if you said to me then, right, financial wealth is, is more important to me for the long term, so I'm going to do whatever I think financially is going to be the best for, for me over couldn't care less if I lived in my own home or not. Yep. <laughs> I'm confusing you more than... No, it's just stressing me more probably. <laughs> and if it is stressing you, 
you're better off to spend more time getting a, a bit more certainty in your position before you actually go and buy. Yeah. Because otherwise that's when buyer's remorse kicks in and you can't sleep at night and all those sort of things. It's just not worth it. Mm. Currently you're saving around about grand a year yourself and partner's saving about grand, although it's a bit inconsistent with the freelance stuff that yeah. he does. Yeah. Yeah. We know that in about 12 months' time you should have an extra pay roughly. So that will bring us in at about 1000 which is a nice figure to say, well, yeah, we've got plenty of buffer and we've got a good sizable deposit. That takes away a little bit of stress because we've got money in our life or more money mm. and we've got more security. The next part is you, you're currently renting and you're not paying anything for that rent. Is that right? Oh, the option wasn't there. It's a tick. <laughs> I still <laughs> no. live at home, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's costing you nothing, which is very nice of your parents. Extremely, Yeah. Yeah. So that's where you can get yourself in a great position to save money. How many more years can you do that? Less than one. Less than one? Yeah. <laughs> Is that because he's moving to Melbourne and he wants yeah, to that, yeah, rent a, with you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And you're happy with that? Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I think it has to be that way. Because if I had to create a template for you for financial wealth, I'd say stay at home as long as you can and save as much money as you can. Yeah. And get into the markets at a good time sooner rather than later. Mm. But that's when emotion and security and your own thoughts come into play and say, well, no, John, I've got to move out because I'm over living at home. Yeah, it's more the commute to work as well. Too far. It's quite far from where I am now. So it's another big reason why I want to move a bit closer to work. Okay, so let's park that for a minute and say, well, Property cycle-wise, what has Melbourne done the last four to five years? Grown, gone backwards, Green. stayed the same? Grown. Grown. Yeah. Definitely the housing market. In a lot of apartment and unit markets, it, it's actually stayed the same. How does that compare to Adelaide, for example? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, naturally, if Adelaide hasn't grown, Adelaide's a smaller city, not yeah. as much population, not as much demand, the prices in Adelaide much cheaper. So if your ceiling was thousand and grand can only get you a two-bedroom unit 20k from the cbd of melbourne versus i can rent 10k from the cbd be a lot closer to work and go on and buy an investment property in adelaide would you be happy with that or open to that i guess i would need to sit on it for quite a while but if that's a logical thing then sit i would sit on the idea to yeah. get your head around it before you acted on it yeah for sure i yeah. think not owning the house i live in would just cause a lot of stress for me, but I'd get used to sure. the idea. <laughs> okay. And why would that cause stress? Because that's a really important point. I think at the moment it would be okay, but I, I just think long-term all the time. So if we started a family, I don't think I could rent with kids. It's just, it wouldn't be okay with me. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. And kids, when you say one to five years, you're talking two years or are you talking closer to five years? Three to four, hopefully. <laughs> Three to four. We'll see. Without exactly planning out the days and the weeks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So based on that and your, I suppose, your risk profile around the security for your family, if I was in that position, I would probably look to buy something to live in as opposed to go and invest in Adelaide or wherever mm. else. If it's going to create too much stress, not worth doing. Yeah. Yeah. Financially, however, it may not play out as well as it would have if you 
had more of a focus on the financial wealth, but at least you're not stressed. Because I meet some people that, yeah, they make a lot of money and have made some great decisions, but they're always stressed about them. Yeah. That doesn't strike me as you wanting to be one of those people. I wish I could. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. And you can't change who you are. Yeah. Right? But you can get some ownership and knowledge around your life to be more confident in making a decision. And, and that first step would be let's get some uh, certainty around our finance. How much can we lend? What would our repayments be? How's that going to look on our wages? When when goes to have a child, uh, what wage going to be? Is that going to cover our running costs of our life? All those certainty things that you can actually predict. Yep. So I'd be looking at some cash flow management plans for the next five years, not just – and I noticed that you've you've got that under control, which is great, your cash flow management, but forecasting how are we going to track with one wage – and if we had a mortgage, what would the repayments on be, that be and, and how does that work on one wage? Yeah? Mm-hmm. Because people say, well, I don't want to rent because the rent money is dead money. Okay, well, that's okay. $500 a week is twenty five grand a year, give or take. That's being paid to the landlord as rent. Okay? But conversely, if you've got a $500,000 mortgage at four, four and a half percent, you're also paying roughly that same amount in interest uh, okay. to the yeah. bank, aren't you, mm-hmm. on your own home? And that's not tax deductible when you're living in it, but you've got the security that you live in your own home on the basis or the premise that it hopefully goes up in value over time. So some things to think about from that point of view. You mentioned about whose name to put it in and which suburbs to to buy in. So if it's your home to live in, the suburbs to buy in are are more your choice than they are my recommendation because you've got to want to live there. Yeah. Unfortunately, what a lot of Australians do is they buy where they can afford, not really where they want to live. I don't want to see you being one of those numbers. So if, I don't know, what's what's an example of a suburb that you might not want to live in? Craigieburn. <laughs> Craigieburn. So if Craigieburn or the surrounds is what you can afford as one of the only a few options, do you go and live there because that's what you can afford? My suggestion would be no. Mm. Yeah, but that's what a lot of people do because of that affordability. Yeah. An action step around that is which suburbs are good to buy in for you is to list the top five suburbs that you would like to live in. And once you've got your borrowing capacity, look at the prices in those suburbs for houses, uh, which pay probably not much, but then units and apartments, what would be the cost to buy into those suburbs and see where that place is. And hopefully you'll be in one of those five suburbs that you've listed. If not, you need to list another five and say, okay, can I afford to live in one of these? But not get to the point where, hang on, all I've got left here is Craigieburn. <laughs> I'll just go and buy there anyway. Yeah. No offense to uh, Craigieburn people. <laughs> no, and shout out to everyone in Craigieburn. It's not, it's, but everyone's thoughts and opinions are different. Yeah. Like I've made most money from property in suburbs that I wouldn't live in, but that's financial wealth decision, not an emotional one to live there. Mm-hmm. Two different conversations. Yeah, makes sense. The second part is when you say you're thinking, okay, put the first home under your name, 
as you have the the good cash flow and the full-time job, you may not have a choice. Now, the reason I say that is if you're on, your income is and your partner is give or take, Sean, for example, would say, well, how much could lend on her own? If we add money into the picture, now how much can we lend? And his could make you be able to lend grant. So that's why I mean you might not have a choice. You may need to have both of you on the loan. Yep. Okay. But you could have one of you on the title. What's that mean? Means that the owner is actually one of you, not both of you. Okay. Yeah. There are instances where both on the loan, but only on the title. Yeah, which is the ownership. So owns that property outright. In this instance, you may both want to be on the loan or need to be on the loan, and naturally you'd mo- both be on the title unless there was some reason as to why one of you didn't want to be or whatever else. His irregular income I don't think will be a, a hindrance. Would, we, would you be able to lend more if, if he was earning grand? Absolutely, right? But the fact that he is earning income means that he still will be appealing to the banks some way, shape or form. Is he going to continue to do that freelance work in Melbourne? Um, I think he's hoping to keep it, but also get a part-time job. Cool. So a bit of both. So uh, when's he looking to move? Early next year? Yeah, it's changed now. So he's just got a contracted job in Adelaide. So that, yeah. Right. (laughs) So when he moves here, put it this way, you can get a a borrowing capacity now on your thousand dollars of income combined when he moves here if you still haven't purchased you can get another borrowing capacity on his as well as his part-time income which again would boost your borrowing capacity yeah however i think your fears or stress is around repayments more so than anything else Mm, yeah that'd be fair to say yep so i would say right if i've got a calculator here in front of me Loan should be able to get three and a half percent absolute maximum. Is a year divided by fifty-two is dollars a week, interest only, right? Not bad. Yeah, okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Now, on your own home, you might want to pay principal and interest to pay down the loan, so that might be closer to a week. But looking at your cash flow management plan to say how much can we afford to pay. And when we drop to one wage because having babies, how much can we now afford to pay each week? Yeah. Have you looked at any of that or is that all no. new stuff too? <laughs> yeah, I haven't looked that far ahead. Cool. All right. So what I think that next step would be is to, as I said, get Sean to say, right, how much can we borrow and how much the repayment's going to be and what lenders are going to work for your situation because it's really key that they find a lender that, appeals to your situation yeah not one that you choose because you like the brand or the colors yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned here about open to being convinced to do it another way if it makes more sense yep <laughs> tell me more about that uh, that's if you if you thought i should um buy an investment property first like it's something i've never thought about until yeah. maybe starting to listen to the podcast and i'm like oh maybe that's the smarter thing but yeah, I think I guess my family is very traditional. It's like buy your house to live in first and then think about 
yeah. investments afterwards. Yeah. And is it through fear of disappointing them if you went and did the other? Oh, it's probably a bit of that in there. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, they'd get over it. <laughs> <laughs> but more importantly, would you get over it? Yeah, if it's going to be worth it in the long run. Yeah. I, I just remind, remind myself that. It'll be fine. <laughs> Even though you think about it every day? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, to be honest, I don't think it's worth it. Okay. Financially, is it worth it? I think so. Having known you half an hour, <laughs> I don't think your risk profile is open to that as your first purchase. Yep. You would feel more comfortable buying something to live in for the next five years, ten years. That can hopefully house the kids that you've got or the kids that you're going to have, sorry. Yeah. With the vision of then saying maybe go out and buy an investment property when the time's right there, yeah? Yeah, okay. Now, I mean, our online academy talks about all of that in more detail, finding your own property, buying your first home to live in, hotspots and not spots, all those sort of things. So. That builds someone's knowledge and education, right, which is fantastic and I think every Australian needs it. But if you're still at the point where it's still going to worry me each day by doing it, again, not worth it. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Um, And and who knows, like in your time frame, when would you ideally like to purchase? Next year, I think. So um, start of next year, end of next year, mid? Mid. By the end of the year. <laughs> Mid to end 2020. Yeah. So there's a good six months of what I call pre-season. The season proper where you start playing the game doesn't start until mid-2020. So in the meantime, it's pre-season training, mm-hmm. which is the hard yards of borrowing capacities, understanding lending, understanding repayments, understanding one wage for you, what it'll be like in three years, four years' time, yeah. what's the capacity to earn more money for both yourself and understanding property markets and prices in the suburbs you want to live, list those suburbs, what's it going to cost us, because the market may make a mug of me, but what I would say here today is six months in the market, in the unit or apartment market in Melbourne, is not going to make a massive difference to the property prices. Yeah. Okay. What you can buy for 1000 now might be in six months' time, right? I don't think you're going to be paying for something that was now. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's another – yeah, I didn't think of that, but that's probably another thing. I feel like the, the clock's ticking because of property prices, but mm. – that's good to know. Look, it is what it is, I think. Yeah. yeah. Especially when Melbourne's come off such a, a solid three or four years of growth, especially the housing market. Mm. Will it do the same in the next three or four years? Historically, you would say, no, it won't. But it is what it is. You've got to buy in at a time that's right for you, not trying to beat the market. Yeah, rushing yeah. in, choosing the wrong, wrong product, wrong suburb, wrong money and either have to sell in six months' time because you can't afford it or you're stressed out of your brain because you didn't get enough confidence in the first place. Yeah. It's got to be a structured approach in that six months. So the goals are in six months' time, we're now starting to look at buying property. Now, if it happens earlier because your confidence levels have risen, fantastic. Um, But in the meantime, 
that pre-season work of ticking off finance, suburbs list, education around property, understanding the prices, understanding your repayments, can we get extra bonuses or pay rise that work, how's it going to impact when we've got two or three kids, all those things that we're factoring in. So when all those things come along, we're ready to attack it. And it doesn't come along as, well, you're saying, okay, a couple of kids in the next five years, it shouldn't be a surprise to you when, oh, we're actually only on one wage now, mm. right? Yep. You've factored it in already. Any questions at this stage? Um, no. All good for now. <laughs> sort of processing a lot, but... <laughs> yeah. Lots to take in, yeah. isn't it? Well, the good news is we're recording it so you can listen yeah. back to it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the commute to work. Like, you work in... Bentley East, mm-hmm. and you're commuting some time. How long does it take you? Uh, these days, an hour and 25 minutes. Right. One way. It's a long time, isn't it? Yeah. So ideally, what would be the suburbs that you would like to land in instead? Okay. <laughs> Closer to work, obviously, yeah. but I, I don't know that area too well, and I don't think I would want to live in that area. Okay. So I think somewhere between work and home. Yeah, somewhere so north you, of the city, I think, still. Yeah. So you mentioned yeah. like Preston, Greensboro, et cetera. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, which keeps you on the same side as your parents? Yeah. Yeah. And then, again, when you're looking at kids, then grandma and grandpa are not too far away either. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good thinking. When you say you're open to suggestions, I, I think – just exploring any any suburbs that are going to reduce your commute time but also be in a pocket that you actually want to live in. Yeah? Yeah. Because when you talk about an hour 25 each way, you work five days a week with that same commute. Yeah. Yeah. So call it three hours a day. Mm-hmm. There's 15 hours of your life. Great to listen to podcasts. Yeah, I was about to say else. all 15 podcasts. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, appreciative and thank you for your support. However, I'm sure you'd love to be doing other things with those 15 hours. Yeah. Or if you can just cut it in half and say, well, seven and a half a week is fine. Mm. Uh, um, half hour, 45 each way. Yeah. Yeah. That's a dream. Yeah. So I don't think it has to be necessarily a dream. Um, <laughs> it, it can be realistic. You've, you've just got to have some variables around what that might look like. Yeah. Yeah. Out of interest, go and see what it might cost to rent in those areas that are maybe not affordable for you to live in, yeah? So if you work in Bentley, what is 15, 20 minutes from Bentley coming from the north? St Kilda? It's probably closer actually. It's probably like the city to be honest. Right. Yeah. Okay. Dirty old apartment in the Docklands. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, but do you know what I mean? Like get a full understanding of what are all my options available to me mm-hmm. and then start to shortlist. And I yep. like a good old-fashioned spreadsheet. Oh, yeah, <laughs> love a spreadsheet. Get your suburbs listed, write down your criteria, write down the rent per week, write down how much it costs to buy a one-bedroom, a two-bedroom, a three-bedroom, a house. Get an understanding of all those things. Blacklist the suburbs you don't want, green light the ones you do want, 
and then one by one gradually tick them off or, or cross them out to then find you're left with two or three suburbs and then go hard and deep trying to find a property within that. Okay. Now, what's the market doing at the moment, the property market in Melbourne? What's the supply and demand like? You're asking me? Mm. It's your specialty. (laughs) (laughs) I want to hear your answer. You live here. The demand's higher, I think, from stories I hear. Yeah? I hear that it's hard for people to to get a house. I don't know if that's them being fussy or... Mm -hmm. Could be, but you're right. The demand is pretty solid, but the supply is also low, which makes the demand appear higher, Mm -hmm. which means I go to an open home and... Instead of there being four people there, there's 12. So that's putting pressure on house prices. Yeah. Yeah. What does that mean for finding your own home? Is it a buyer's or a seller's market? Seller's. More than likely, it's a seller's market. Unless it's an oversupplied suburb full of apartments, for example. And it might be a buyer's market. Mm. Yeah. But you've... Got to want to live in that as well, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So understanding what sort of market you're entering into just gives you a more realistic look at what your strategy might be to go and buy. So again, the pre-season will teach you that before the main season starts. So by the time you get to the main season, you're expecting 10 people at open homes. You're expecting to go through 20 homes before you buy one. Right now, I use a rule, or I haven't done it for a few years yet, but um, since, but I used to use the 110-1 rule. Now you're sitting down, so that's cool. You won't f- um, fall over. A hundred homes to look through. Put in ten offers, buy one. Yeah, 110-1. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Is that? Sound realistic? Uh, I guess it has to be. It doesn't have to be. (laughs) But my thinking in that was I get to know the markets really well by looking through 100. Oh, yeah. Good point. I'm doing something that most people aren't prepared to do, which gives me an advantage. Like the pre-season, I'm running harder and lifting stronger weights, whatever it is. Mm. Oh, you're saying you choose to do that. I thought you mean like to actually find one that'll be mine. I'll have to go through 100. Correct. Yeah, so I, I I used to do that when I was looking for properties. Okay. For my own portfolio, yeah? Okay. So I'm not saying you you need to do it, but it's a great learning experience if you've got some time. Yeah? Sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the other thing. I was passionate about it and yeah. I loved it. So yeah. people outsource it these days with buyers, agents and whatever, mm. whatever else, but – the ability to – because a lot of people come to me and say, well, I've been looking for six months and I can't find anything I want. Okay, my first question is how many offers have you put in? Oh, we haven't put any in yet. Yep. How do we buy a property when we don't put an offer in? Okay, throw offers out there like they mean nothing to you. The worst you can get back is a no. The best you can get back is a, yeah, we'll take that offer mm-hmm. and then it's in your court as to whether you – Buy it or not. Yep. Yeah. But that's down the track. That's for you. That's not for another six months. <laughs> yeah. 
you've you've written there, which is fantastic for you in your planning. What you've done is you've thought about well, when we have a family, what's going to be suitable to live in. Now, yeah, okay, huh? <laughs> I should have read over it before I came. <laughs> no, it's a while ago that I put that in. Was it? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, it was actually, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when I when I see that, which is fantastic, by the way. I look at two. I ask ask someone two questions, or, or or two observations. Two options: Is it for your location or the type? So you've said suitable area for when we have a family. Yep. Which is location. Mm-hmm. What would you rather? A great location and a crappy house. Don't make me answer this. <laughs> <laughs> I want them both. <laughs> you want them both. Yeah, that's really tough. Probably, oh, I don't know. I mean, I do. Oh, that's so tough. I was yeah. gonna, I was gonna say location, but I mean, I've adjusted to traveling an hour and a half to work. Mm. So maybe I could adjust to whatever location it ends up being for a nice house. Yeah. All right. I'll give you a scenario. Craigie Burn. Yeah. Four bedroom house versus Preston. Two-bedroom unit. Okay, Preston. Yep. Yeah? Yep. So location is more important than the actual type in that example. At this point in my life, yes. Yeah. And I would agree. Yeah. I would put more emphasis on location. Mm-hmm. You may be able to change and tweak a little bit of the home that you live in. Yep. You can't change the suburb on your own. Yeah. Can you? <laughs> you can't physically say, well, <laughs> hang on, I'm going to put up... 50 um, trees in this street and make yeah. it look more appealing. I'm going to build a park. <laughs> yep. You, you can't do it. Mm. Much easier to change your own type of property once you're in it. Yeah. Or, or when you go through it, when you're looking through those 100 homes, you're looking at what you can potentially do to it. Yeah. In five years' time. All right. So any anything else before we finish up on that? Is there anything you need to get more clarity on from what we've spoken about today? Um, I, I don't know if it's something you can answer not knowing the future, but yeah. if I was to buy... Crystal ball? Yeah. <laughs> if I was to buy a property to live in now, uh, is like what's a ballpark amount of years that I could maybe get an investment property? I don't know. That's hard Good to question. say. Yeah, like no, roughly? Yeah, we, we, we never know the definitive answer to that, but we know the maths behind it. Yeah. The maths as a, as, and that's based on our loan to value ratio across our portfolio. Okay. So if you bought something for 1000 and you had a $1,000 loan, okay, your loan to value ratio is 90%. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we need to, to buy another property, we need another 10% deposit, right? So if we're going to buy another $1,000 property, we need another grand plus our stamp, so let's call it grand. So where are we getting that extra grand from? Well, we need either some growth in the existing property that we've bought or we need to save grand. Yep. Okay, or it can be a combination of both. So how long will it take us to save gram? On what you've told me today, if we're getting married soon, 
We're having at least <laughs> one kid in the next five years and two to three kids in the next 10. The ability to save money and we're renting or buying our own home, the ability to save money will be dramatically decreased. Yeah. Yeah. So that means we're then relying on that first property to go up by so we can pull it out. Yep. Makes sense? Yep. <laughs> so it may need to go up to grand. Our loans, we've paid down some of it down by then. It might be we may be able to take from there and go and buy something else, provided our income is solid enough for the banks to look at at that time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where you need to play the game a little bit with the lenders to know, okay, we'll get the equity out when we've got two incomes, when you're back at work after you've had first child, for example. You can never ideally align the stars, I mm. don't think, but you can forecast a lot of it. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Question? <laughs> Anything? Is that, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Mm. When when's marriage one to two? Has has he got on his knee yet? No, I'm dropping the hints though. So, <laughs> <laughs> so will he listen to this? And uh, <laughs> he'll listen. <laughs> he'll listen. Okay. So there's obviously a cost involved for that as well. Yeah. And it's probably third on the list of expenses in our life: house, car, wedding. Or in some cases, weddings higher than the car. (laughs) I would think so, yep. (laughs) You reckon it will be? Mm. So again, you need to put away a wedding fund if you haven't already done that. Yeah, I'm going to add it to my uh, my good old spending plan. Yes, you've already put in Glenn's Not yet, I've been meaning to. Cool, yep. And that's working quite well for you? Yeah, I love it. Great, Yeah, that's good. Don't tell him that. (laughs) So important question is, has it given you more clarity? Definitely. Yes? Yep. So if you went away tomorrow, what would you be doing? What are your action steps? Uh, Starting my spreadsheet. Top five suburbs. Spreadsheet suburbs, yes. Yeah. And just thinking about it all logically, I guess. Logic thinking? Yeah. Yeah. I think seeing numbers and all that will help me relax a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Lending? Yeah. I think I will start seeing a mortgage broker soon. Yep. I think. I don't know. Should I? Oh, I was just worried 100%. like that they'd get the ball rolling too quickly and I'd nah. be like, no, no, no. Like, no, nah, you tell them. Ready. Okay. Right. I want to purchase June next year or mm. around that time. I don't want to pre-approval yet because they'll only last for three months, but I just want yeah. an indicative borrowing capacity on our current situation. And they're cool to do that. Like I don't want to Absolutely. feel like I'm wasting their time. Yeah, no. Like, you probably are. Cool, but see that's you again cool. in three yeah. months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's a journey they'll go on, right? So they'll need to put some work in early, but hopefully they've win your business down the track. Yeah. If they're good at what they do. But yeah, Sean would be perfect for that in terms of giving you the knowledge and understanding of what's possible talking potential lenders and those sort of things. So getting borrowings, getting repayment numbers to know, again, in your cash flow management plan that you um, bought off Glenn. Yep, that I did. You, factoring in the fact that you're going to get married at some stage um, and then one wage, how, how's that going to play out for us when we've got a mortgage and et cetera, et cetera, right? So who's going to do the heavy lifting from a cash flow point of view? Yeah. 
So spreadsheet of suburbs, logic thinking around finance and property in general to, to understand is it house, is it unit, what suburbs, what's the price point, getting our borrowing, get our lending, and then wheel that around to then say, okay, what do we want in five to 10 years? Now you've given me an indication as to what you want now, but by doing this exercise, and especially the 1 if you're prepared to do it, <laughs> yep. will give you a, a great learning curve as to what you don't want to find out what you do want. Yeah. So a two-bedroom unit in Preston might not actually be what you want once you start looking. How much time do you, would you have in your week, do you reckon, downtime? All right, to look at 100 properties. Well, just to go and educate um, yourself. Well, we can rule out weekdays completely. Yeah, they're gone because driving. of commute. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah, maybe one day on the weekend could fit in a few properties. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So if, even if you dedicated three hours on a Saturday over the next six months, that's 70 or 80 hours. Math's not fantastic, but that's about <laughs> roughly. Your 80 hours of training better off to make an informed decision on an asset that's going to be your biggest purchase in the next 10 years, I would say. Yep. Probably worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd Sounds say fun. So. Yeah. All right. Been a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, Good stuff. Yeah. Let me know if there's anything else that you need. Drop me an email. Give me sure. a call if you hit a stumbling block with any of those steps. Okay. Um, we'll do. But yeah, good luck on the journey. Thank you. <laughs> All right. See ya. Thanks. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.